It's like you're basically wearing canvas sacks with a slab of cardboard and rubber underneath. Yeah. You might as well just tie some cardboard and rubber onto your feet with twine. Like that's what you're, that's essentially what you're doing. You know what I mean? These are my shoe sacks. <laughs> You know, we almost always start around 25 minutes. Apparently, we need 25 minutes of banter to, to get we rolling. We need to warm up. That's yeah. right. We need we need to. It's 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 a uh, you know we're we're warming up the crowd is what we're doing. <laughs> we're, Unfortunately, the crowd is us. It's right. It's a crowd of. It's a, I didn't say it was a big crowd. Are you ready for Bill and Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you, you are Bill of Bill and Jeffrey. Right. Right. Yeah. Can we can we splice in some crowd noise just to make it seem like we're really big time? <laughs> so good. All right, <laughs> let's do this thing. Uh, what is today? All right, it's Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday, July. To what is it? Tenth, twelfth, twelfth, July twelfth. Jesus, midway. Midway through the month, almost. Yep. And only a couple weeks till my birthday. Yay! Uh, I have it on my calendar. Do you really? Yep. Awesome. Apparently, I'm going to buy you a copy of Seven Eves. Right. Do you, you do Kindle well, or do you do real books? I, I prefer paperbacks. Oh, I, like, okay. I, like, I like the smell. Yeah. yeah. I like holding the book. Sure. Dog-eared <laughs> pages. I like tossing it in a bag and going, sitting outside and reading. I like that. Okay. I still like that. That's that's a it's a fair it's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, God, you do you remember when when you could get like paperback books for five bucks? Uh, yeah, like mass I, market paperbacks. Six ninety nine. Yeah, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Sure. Before they went to like the trade size, I'm talking about like the yeah the, yeah the, the old size. school pocket size ones, right? Yeah, yeah. But the problem with those is that the printing is so crappy. You look yeah. at them now and you go, "Wow, how did how did people even read this stuff?" Right. Right. You know? Yeah, and, and very minimal paper. I mean, the sure. paper choices were were not so good. Yeah, it's it's like it was like the it's like the newsprint they used to give you in school, like when you were gonna. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so who are we? We are we are. This is on taking pictures. Yeah, we don't we don't want to get off talk, topic. People unsubscribe. I love we're like what two hundred and twenty episodes in. <laughs> yeah, right. And we we still have to announce ourselves. Tell us right. who you it's, are. Uh, it, 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 you know who this is. It's episode two twenty. It's yeah. on taking pictures weekly. Yeah. Talking about uh, we're talking about photography and creativity and and uh, uh, shoe sacks apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Sidoris in D.C. Bill Wadman. Up there in Brooklyn, um, so we got we got some stuff. We, we got, got some stuff to, to talk stuff about. To talk about. We got some uh, stuff. You, <laughs> yeah. Do you want you want to start with the with the with the cap? You want to start with your Fuji? Let's start with your Fuji stuff. What's going well, on? Well, you know, it's not really a Fuji. Th- okay, so, I know, but so I just you know. Here's just, here's the thing. I I'm changing the types of things that I shoot. I'm I find that I'm shooting more and more people. Okay. Um, still still primarily street stuff uh i don't do uh staged you know portraits or, or you know right. lighting and th- it's just still out on the streets but i'm finding people more interesting and i'm 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 getting up uh in some cases getting up the nerve to go talk to people and ask for for their portrait ask to take their portrait or a picture or whatever 
which I find different than asking, just talking to people. And I don't know why, but that's a, that's maybe another discussion. Okay. Um, but what I'm, what I'm finding is I'm missing focus. I'm missing shots. And it's not that I'm not seeing the shots. It's not that I'm not noticing what to photograph. It's that my particular camera and lens combination, I use a Fuji X-Pro1 with the 35-1.4, and I'm finding that it's not, it's not focusing or it's focusing on something other than what I want it to focus on. Are Instead you using of the, the optical or the electronic viewfinder? I'm using the EVF uh, more often than not. I was using the optical. I tried that. That wasn't working for me. Uh, so now I've switched to the, EV it, you know, oddly enough, I get better results when I use my manual focus Nikon 50 millimeter 1.8 E lens than I do with this Fuji lens. So do you think that, so you're, you're pressing to focus, you're hitting the button to focus and it's I've saying it, that it's in focus. I've tried three different ways. I've tried using the back button, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it back button focus? Yeah, where 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 it's not a half press of the shutter button. It is a separate deliberate separate button. button. Yeah. So you basically uh, you set yeah. the camera. That's how a lot of uh, pros do it. It's how I'm doing it recently. Although I don't, I'm not sure if I'm sold on the idea. But go ahead. It's it's inconsistent. I mean, it's it's probably better. It's more consistent than doing just regular uh, autofocus. So I set the camera to manual. Use back button focus and then press to fire. Uh, what I have read about this particular camera is that the half press is not the way to go. You, you full press every time. And I've tried that. I've tried half pressing and I'm just not getting consistent results. Is it sometimes in focus or is it forward or back focused or is it just sort of like hunting around and then it's, it just takes a picture? It's hunting or it will lock on instead of locking on the subject, it will lock on the background. Okay. And do you, can you control the, I, I haven't used a Fuji in a long time. Yeah. Can you control the autofocus point to like yes. only yes. use the center or whatever you want? Whatever and I, you want yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to go under, you know, get, get my subject under the correct point. And right. okay. I don't think it's technique. I really don't. I think it is. Well, that camera was never known for its autofocus prowess, right? No, no. So what I'm, what here, here's, here's kind of the conundrum that I'm in. And I wanted some advice from you and, and maybe even some of the listeners. So I, I am a hobbyist photographer. I don't, at the moment, at least I don't shoot professionally other than maybe putting some prints out. That's, that's kind of in the works. Cause I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting better, especially architecturally and architectural details. I think I'm getting better at those. Um, so here's the question assuming that it is it is it is an equipment limitation and i'm not really sure that it is but it seems to be okay is it is it worth going to let's say an xt2 and another lens at a cost of maybe $3000 in that range yeah for where i'm at photographically or is it is it better to go last generation, maybe like a Nikon D seventy two hundred or something, where you can get into that for Be a, a lot grand cheaper. for the body? Yep. Um, so there, there, I'm, I'm, I'm finding. Are you telling I'm, me? Yeah, you're, you're, you're thinking of going back to the optical viewfinder and old school well, SLR. I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, I, I, I will the tell Fuji you the Fuji files. I will tell you that I yeah, love yeah, the, the Fuji files. They're lovely. Um, I am finding though that that. There are so many choices 
And I, you know, I was I was watching one of the episodes of the Art of Photography, Ted Forbes' show, mm-hmm. and he brought up an interesting point, and that is that that back in the day, Nikon, beginning with the F, they had the F, the F two, the F three, all the way up to the F six, and that covered thirty five, forty or so years of cameras, right? Yep. Whereas now you can walk into B and H, which I did. And just at the Sony booth alone, you've got six models of professional, in quote, cameras. You've got the, the A7, the A7 II, the A7R, the A7R II, the A7S, and the A7S II. Sure. And they're all just slightly different. Yeah. And each of the manufacturers do this. Panasonic, you know, if, if you're in their Micro Four Thirds range, you want to, if you, let, let's say the G7, it has uh, uh, 4K video, headphone, and mic inputs, uh, but no stabilization. The GX85 has five-axis stabilization, but no inputs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the, you, you're you're cherry picking and mixing and matching features, and you're you're. It's almost like you're never getting exactly what you want. So it's left me really kind of wondering which direction to go in. Which is funny because you probably would be satisfied with. Um, any one of those, if they just gave you one option, mm-hmm. you'd be more satisfied than if you have all the options. Sure, you know? sure. It's, there's, a, there's a really good, actually a Gladwell TED Talk called Choice, Happiness, and Spaghetti Sauce. You ever really right, watch that right, one? Right, right, right. Where he talks about one. how like, you know, it used to be spaghetti sauce was spaghetti sauce. And right. then some marketing guy figured, you know, if you make one with more garlic and one with more peppers and one yeah. with whatever. Now you've got an entire aisle of spaghetti sauce. <clears throat> exactly. And you yeah. will sell more spaghetti sauce and people love the choice and the same thing with mustard and all the rest. I'll put a link in the show notes. But, but it really does feel that way with cameras, right? Like, oh, this camera isn't exactly for you. Well, let's make this other one that might be exactly for you. And then in the mm-hmm. end, none of them end up being for you. Um, it's 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 a difficult thing. I will say that you know, remember how we was it last week or the week before that I kind of said that I was loosening up my my grip on the optical viewfinder. Sure, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, you you were coming around. Well, I mean, look, it, there's a convergence where you're maybe loosening your your opinion because they're getting good as, enough, and they're yeah, they're getting right. better. But it, one of the things that a lot of people, uh, a few people mentioned in the comments, stuff about mirrorless cameras and and one guy whose name i can't remember i can't remember who it was said you know i've owned five mirrorless cameras in the last five years and they always break on me i read that you know yeah like the the evf doesn't work or yeah or now i've got a paperweight because yeah. they want five hundred dollars to fix it or whatever exactly you know mm-hmm. so there's there's those kinds of issues too it's like with you know more more tech comes more complexity comes more problems um and and the, and then a lot of people saying, you know, that Sony seven A seven R two, it's an amazing camera. It's such great files or whatever it is. But you know, it kind of focuses like crap, right? You know, and it's like, right. well, you know, autofocus is an important thing. You know, right? In fact, I was over, I was over uh, my buddy Claude's house the other day, and he has the A seven S, but he has a Metabones adapter, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I happen to have my camera with a little forty millimeter pancake on it, and so we took it off and put it on, and it wouldn't focus. Like at all, like it just sat there hunting back and forth and back. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and I understand there's compatibility things or whatever, but, but 
you know, they they talk about how oh, you could just use your Canon gla- glass on all these Sony cameras with an adapter. It's like, well, guess not, you know, or certainly not at the same speed that I'm going to use it uh, on 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 my on my main body. So mm-hmm. this is all to say that 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 yeah, I mean, I f- I still feel like a lot of these cameras have a way to go, and I wonder if it is because, I mean, look. Fuji and Olympus and Sony and all the rest of them were never particularly known for their autofocus prowess. All the sports guys still use Canon and Nikon, right? I mean, this is pretty... Uh, it seems to be. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. well, and see that, and that brings up another point is, is or another question, I should say. Sure. Uh, do, do I go what, is, what amounts to all in for me? Because there's, a, there's, a, there's yeah, an yeah, upper yeah, yeah. cap of what I'm willing to spend. Right. Do I go all in and get something like a Nikon D500 which has ridiculously fast autofocus is yep. the same ergonomics as my 300 that I loved. Yep. And just say, okay, you're going to go into this at X number of dollars. So now you need to figure out a way to, to effectively earn or justify with your actions spending this much money. Taking right. it out once a month or twice a month isn't going to cut it. Right. And, yeah. and maybe that's integrating original <laughs> photography. Uh, I was talking to John Wilkening over the weekend, and he suggested, you know, could you could you integrate some of your original photography into some of the vintage or or retro or or historic images that you're using in your paintings and create this sort of hybrid work? Sure. Which I think is a terrific idea. But is there is there you don't see it? If you were how much is the five hundred? Two grand for the body, and okay. I would I would probably get uh, the Sigma Art the what the sixteen I think it's a sixteen to thirty five or sixteen to fifty. All right, because that's a that's a crop sensor camera, right? Yeah, so it's a okay. sixteen I think it's sixteen thirty five one point eight constant aperture lens, and it's terrific reviews. DP review loved it. Looks right. like a really nice lens. Uh, right. Okay. So you're gonna spend three grand or something. Yeah. On, on so you're looking at two grand for that, a grand for the lens, and a couple extra batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess my question is, do you not see it as a viable thing just to buy that for yourself to use? You, you, you feel the need to make money to justify it. I don't feel the need to necessarily make money to justify it. There's a weird. Am I? Am I? good enough proficient enough to to it's it's around worth and deserving do do i deserve to have a camera like do can i justify having three thousand dollars worth of camera why'd you get rid of your 300 again um is there a good reason there's not a good reason okay i was just wondering like you one day you were like the hell with this giant camera there's not a good reason that that's the other thing there's not a good reason it was a terrific camera it's 12 megapixel it's not it's not huge there aren't they aren't huge files but it was lightning fast and it handled like a dream um i got rid of it to get the the x pro and i i really like the x pro and then to be fair when it locks it's tack sharp sure and i so i don't know if it's i'm moving slightly maybe you just need an x pro too yeah, maybe there, there is, there is a, a, a the way that the X Pro One focuses. From what I have observed and what I've read, especially with this particular lens, this was one of the first gen lenses that came out. L- let's say, let's say the focusing scale is zero to two fifty five. Zero being near, two fifty five being far. Sure. And uh, I'm I'm half pressed on fifty. Let's say something at fifty. Okay. And then I half press at something on 70. Well, it doesn't just go from 50 to 70. It goes from 50 back to zero and then back to 70. So it sort of resets oh, between each focus. Yeah, and that I'm makes sense. I'm told that the later lenses don't do that, that they oh, are able to go from- Oh, that it's lens specific? Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That it that the later lenses can go from thirty to fifty to seventy to hundred to two hundred. That seems like the kind of reset. thing that a firmware update could fix. Uh, you'd think, but are they going to do that on a what's now four or five year old camera? Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Interesting. So I think it's. I don't think it's as simple as it's the camera's fault. I think it is a combination of of the camera and the way I shoot. But I I don't remember, and I've looked through some of my older D three hundred files. I don't remember having <clears throat> such consistent missed shots as I do now. Yeah. Well, you know, you could also go the Cartier-Bresson way and just do everything at hyperfocal distance and... And just, you know. yeah, set it at a... At a yeah. And, and again, as I mentioned earlier, I get better results in manual focus lately. Sure. And you can't, you can manually focus with the, with the Fuji lens. It's just that it's fly by wire and it drives Yeah, it's crazy. fly by wire, which is, it's disconnect. I mean, you know that we, we've yeah. had that discussion yeah. probably 800 times. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm starting to feel for all the pilots and stuff who use fly by wire right. planes and they're like, this sucks. Give me so cables. what do you what do you do? do? Do you just accept that to go to the next level and to get out of of um, entry level DSLR or entry or you know something entry level mirrorless? You have to spend three K, and if you want to do it, then that's what you do. Is that I, is that I the would, answer? My guess is that you know a a the D seven thousand series Nikon's or the the D seventy Canons and those kinds of things probably focus way better than what you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, and it may be enough that that one of those would do it for you, in which case you could probably get one cheap used, right? you know, let alone having to buy a nice new one. I love um, the idea of the, the, the ergonomics of the 500, the tilty flippy screen, well, the 4K, the all that. Does it do 4K internal? Yeah. Okay. And the, X, the X-T2 does 4K internal. Uh, yeah. well, it also it does it's not available until September. Yeah. It also October. does 4k over HDMI. The, the, the issue, one of the issues is it looks like it only records up to 10 minutes internally without the external grip, without that extra oh, power grip. Okay. It's got two batteries in it, which I, I'm not quite sure. Is that a heat issue? Yeah. Is that a, well, you also got a think, tariff issue. I don't know what it is. You also got to imagine that if the battery life on all these EVF based cameras, isn't that great while shooting stills, what's it like when shooting video? Yeah. But you look at something like, uh, like the, the GX 85, for example, the Panasonic, it'll record, even though the, the, the posted specs are 29 minutes. I watched uh, a time-lapse video guy recorded for almost two hours. Well, was it time-lapse video or was it time-lapse and it was taken stills? No, no. It was a time-lapse of the back of the camera while it was recording oh, I see. video. Oh, and it okay. recorded, you know, an hour, 50 minutes or something at 4K. It was lying? So, huh? It was lying? Uh, the specs are lying? Like the, that it can I, do more well, than Well, I think maybe the specs are, are, maybe they're different in different countries due to import tariffs. I sure, think they're, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, there's all that. Patrick mentioned something where if yeah. you, if, if you export it as a video camera, it's got to camera, cost more. Yeah, 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 Exactly, exactly. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I don't know. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a conundrum, you know, um, for the, for the type of shooting that I do, there are probably any number of cameras that would be perfect, but I'd like to grow photographically. So I'd like to maybe get something that I can grow into as well. There are very few tools, 
especially in the photographic world nowadays, that are 100% right for anybody. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I even like uh, uh, Conrad and I were talking this morning because in the middle of the night last night, she she got up and went to go sit on the couch because she was awake. And my uh, beauty dish and grid were sitting there and she kind of broke my grid and whoops <laughs> yeah uh lots of swearing happened <laughs> like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> on her part or yours well hers and then i was like what are you doing you know and then anyway long story short Oops. like my grid was there and she's just like well we started talking about it. i was like well like everything all the equipment i own is broken in some way i need to start replacing some of this stuff mm-hmm and she was just like, well, and I said, first, like, my camera's getting long in the tooth and there's a lot of new options. She's like, well, which which one would you go for? And I was They've like... They've got the Mark IV coming out for you now. Yeah, well, I definitely wouldn't go for the Mark IV. Mm-hmm. It, it just, just because, like, I, what the things that I want that my camera doesn't do, which is more resolution and more dynamic range, like, I don't need faster, I don't need better, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that my camera does that I don't care about. Um, even, like, the video stuff. Like, you know, the the the... 5DSR or whatever it is. It does video. Oh, it doesn't have a headphone jack. But it's like, eh, I don't give a crap. You know what I mean? Like, I right, just need to catch right. good video. And if it catches good video, that's fine. Well, um, and if you're recording, I mean, to be fair, if you're recording sort of pro, in quotes, level video, yeah. you're probably not going to be recording audio into the camera anyway. Yeah. And you're probably I'm, going to be recording outboard. Exactly. And, 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 you know, if I'm doing pro, quote unquote, video or doing my shorts and stuff, like now, it's like I'll borrow Claude's Black Magic, or I'll use mm-hmm. I'll use you know mm-hmm. I've I've got access to other video cameras. I don't necessarily need to use that one. Anyway, the point is is that it's just like none of the cameras are exactly right. Like I yeah I love the eight ten Nikon. It's great. I used it the other day. I used Dan's with the twenty four to seventy, which is an incredibly sharp lens. It was great. But the problem is that's been out for like two or three years now. It's like, right. do I really want right. to buy a camera that's been out for three years, you know, when they're going to replace it in the next year? Uh, you know, and, and then I got to change all my glass out. Well, if I get the can, you know, you start going all these like circles, right? And you end sure. up, you end up right back where essentially you are. I'm just in a different space mm-hmm. <laughs> making, making the same kinds of calculations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky in one sense that I've only got the one lens. I've only got the yeah. body and a 35. So yeah. I don't have a stable of glass that I'm going to, that I'm going to lose out on. And, and in you fact, could sell all that for probably not that bad, right? I could sell it or thousand bucks. I, what do you think? I, no, I couldn't get that. I mean, I, I, the whole I thing. would, if I could sell my, my X pro and the 35 for, you know, 700 bucks with the, the thumb grip and the, and the grip and the two, you know, three batteries or whatever. I'd be Is that happy what they with go that. for nowadays. I don't know but I'd be happy with that. Or I could go the route that uh, I was talking to Andrew Gibson the other day. He had his X-Pro1, because he upgraded to the two, had his X-Pro1 converted to infrared, and he's doing these beautiful infrared, black and white landscape and and, and street shots. And they've just got this terrific, almost uh, ethereal kind of quality to them because it's it's not infrared in terms of a, of a filter over the lens. It's, right. it's modifying the sensor and yeah, you can yeah, modify yeah. it to different wavelengths. Um, so, you know, and that they do it here in, in the States for, I think, 250 to have it done. Well, that's so then nerdy. you've got this. Does Fuji do it themselves or somebody else do it? It's a third party company. Okay. Yeah. And you can select, you know, what, what, what wavelength you want it. Well, let, uh, let, let me ask you another question. Yeah, sure. Uh, last time you had this problem, you ended up using your phone more than the Fuji. I still it, use my phone more. All right. So, for what you're doing, what's wrong with the 12 megapixels I, out of your phone? Probably nothing, other yeah. than other than you're 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 stuck at that fixed 
Yeah. Focal length. Right, right, right. Um, Which you are on your Fuji anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, 90% of the things that I put up on Instagram are with my phone. Right. Unless otherwise specified, unless I tag them Fuji or X-T1, or, uh, I'm sorry, X-Pro1, they are my phone. And I I think you get great results. And, you know, who knows what Apple's going to do? It looks like the next phone is going to have bigger sensor, you know, faster glass. Who knows? If it's a 16 megapixel sensor with bigger photo sites that... It looks even better than this one. Double does. lens, so you can yes. optimally I mean, zoom through computational analysis. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah. But I do like the handling, and and I do I do like seeing the world through a viewfinder. I I like that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's amazing uh, how many kids probably never experience that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. It's just, it's just a, it's just like a different world. It's like listening to albums instead of singles. Right. So I don't know. I mean, that's, this is, this is kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I love the idea of the X-T2. I I don't want to go to another left viewfinder camera um, because I shoot left eye and my nose is pressed against the, the, the the LCD. So I know I don't want that. Uh, Especially. What what about getting an X-T1 on sale now that they're, the new one's coming out? You know that's that's an interesting point. Um, People love that camera. They do love the camera. I think I'd like to have more pixels for shooting my art to make okay. prints from my paintings. Yep. I'd like to have more more file to work with, um, because some of the work is getting larger, and I'd like to do it at scale. Right. You know, I'd like to be able to do a twenty four by thirty six print of a twenty four by thirty six painting, for example. Sure. Um, and at 16 megapixels, yes, you can do it, but you're getting up there. You're getting up there at, especially if you have to crop in at all to, uh, uh, to, to frame the, the, the work. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I think you should borrow cameras from people. Yeah. Or rent them. Yeah. Cause you definitely do not have no offense, but you have no idea what you want. No, you I know, don't. So, no, so I, like, I, and, and I'm admitting that freely. Yeah. Uh, if if you know if Fuji would love to send me uh, an XT2 to play with, I would love it. Or if Canon, you know, or Nikon would send me a D500 to to play around with for a week. Or if I rent up, maybe I could rent them from Lens Rentals or yeah. or uh, what's the place called? Is that what it's called? Lens Rentals. There is Lens Rentals. Yeah. I think I know. I think we know a guy there. What's the, what's the other one? There aren't there two big ones? Uh, yeah. Shoot. What is the other one? What's the other one? Uh, you know that's a good question. I forget the other one, y'all. Borrow I mean, lenses. That's borrow lenses. Borrow I think lenses. that's the one we know a guy at. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if if I could maybe get one of each of these things for a week and and go shoot, sort of, you know black rapid dual camera strap style and and shoot the same things the same days with with each camera and then compare results and see how it feels in the hand maybe that helps me make my decision i'll tell you i'm not a big fan of the whole sling camera strap yeah i'm not either with the camera flopping around on your hip yeah it's no bueno Anyway, so enough about that. <laughs> Thanks for letting me get that out. You know, right, just, no problem. I think there, there has to be at least a few people out there who are in a similar position because we are at that, that sort of upgrade cycle for, you know, for cameras around this time of year. All the new stuff comes out and Photokina is coming up and, you know. Yeah, where Fuji may announce their new camera. 
Yeah, uh, could be a medium format, could be the successor to the X100T, which is also kind of interesting to me for a number of reasons. Yeah, but, but again, it's, more, it's that left viewfinder tiny thing. I'd rather if it was a, uh, a medium format myself. Mm-hmm. Mmm, tasty. Yeah. Um, all right, let me put a link in the show notes to this. Okay, so uh, somebody sent in the other day. Wait, who, who, who did put this in? Did they email us this thing? I do believe they did. Right, let me look it up. Notes. What are we looking Nicholas. Rogovis sent this. Nick Rogovis sent this. Oh, the us. D-Day thing? Yeah, have you seen this? I did. I read I, a bunch a of them. There's a lot to read. Uh, yeah. I have not read all of them. Uh, so, uh, so, I just want know. to use it as a bouncing off point, but, yeah, but let, me, let me start from the beginning. Yep. Uh, everyone here probably knows the, 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 the story, the myth of the Robert Kappa D-Day invasion pictures, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the short of it is that he, he landed, he shot three rolls of film, he got back on a boat, he got back to England, they couriered the film to London, and uh, while in London at the Time Life headquarters, they were in a rush to get it processed to get it to print, and uh, they left the the film in a drying cabinet too long, and the emulsion ran, and all that was left was what eleven frames, something like yeah, that, seven 11, or eleven thir- frames, yeah, something like that. 13, okay, seven. yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah of yeah. of three rolls, all that remained were eleven frames. You know. Yeah. This this is the story that and they were all instantly iconic because they were Kappa. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this is this has been the way things have been forever, right? Um, this is the story that people told, uh, mostly, uh, John Morris, who was the, uh, uh, picture editor or editor at, at life magazine, who's, who sent Kappa to D-Day claimed that this, this was the reality. Cause he's the guy who asked for the rush job and they went and checked and all the other things had been destroyed, whatever that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy named AD Coleman, who's a, uh, photography critic, uh, who I think I'm friends with on Facebook actually. Um, who wrote a series of posts. I have to admit that they are not particularly well organized or written. Like this whole thing could have been one long single post as opposed to 27 smaller posts. Right. But the basic gist of it is that this is a bunch of crap and that according to Kappa's own, uh, uh, his own writings right after, as he sent the film in, he said that he shot two rolls on the boat uh, on the way there that morning, uh, and then he shot the rest of roll three on the beach and then jumped back onto the boat and got the hell out of there. Instead of staying there for hours shooting three rolls of film, he actually only shot those 11 frames and the rest of it's all just a cover story to make him look like he didn't fail at his job. Uh, well, there there is... I mean, yeah. there's there's lots of reasons. Other there's other things to like uh, to protect Life Magazine to make them look you know good, and it's a good story, right? There, et cetera, there's et one paragraph, and it's just a couple sentences in one of these section uh, twenty seven of this thing. Yeah, uh, it's one of the guest posts, and it and it uh, let's see, he uh, he not only hits the beaches of Normandy on one of the bloodiest days for America in World War II, but to paraphrase the actor, the actress Ginger Rogers, he does it running backwards, standing tall, turning his back to the enemy, machine gunners raking the beach. The problem, Robert Kappa felt smothered by his reputation as a fearless, heroic war photographer, and he did not want to be facing Hitler's fortress Europe on the coast of France. Right. Because it's terrifying. I don't sure. blame the guy. Sure. Right? But I mean, if you, if you look at an analysis of the frames that he did get and where he got them from, some of them are from the ship going on to the mm-hmm. beach. There's only a handful that are actually on the beach. 
um, of the ones that we've seen argue this guy Coleman is arguing that that's all there ever were on the beach and that the rest of it is all just fantasy that there are these pictures existed and it is a really interesting analysis of it and there are I don't know what like 30 different little articles on yeah. here yeah there are a, a lot number of them, of them. yeah dating guess, back to what 2014 yeah and, and guest posts by uh, other historians and that kind of stuff apparently there was a film made a few years ago did you see this stuff where they basically faked the frames right uh, that were in the in the documentary there uh, life made a docu like a little video uh and Do we have with, a link directly to yeah that? i was gonna look for it here uh, can you look for it quick while i talk um, yeah. uh, where, where they quote unquote show the blank frames that were destroyed when in reality, those are not the blank frames were destroyed because a, no emulsion is running on any of them. And if you look at all the details on the edges of the frames and the shapes and stuff, they're basically the same frames we've seen just with white in where the picture's supposed to be. And even sometimes Photoshopped out the frame numbers, but otherwise identical to the film strips we've seen from the actual thing. So basically they faked the ones that were destroyed uh, for this movie, which is also yeah, really crappy. Not- I'll find it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, wait. Here. Here we go. You got it. I'm going to put a link to the whole uh, thing in the show notes, but if but if you find this uh, specific one, we'll put that one in there too. So the point is, is that he's also saying that Kappa's brother, who ran ICP, who controls all these pictures in the estate uh, for years, did. um, Basically is using, it's also like a mythological cover story for the family members. You know, that like, this is the story they're going to tell about their brother who died See a few years later. Something. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the video. So um, is it, is it, uh, let me ask you this. Does it lessen the impact or the importance of the existing photographs knowing that he may have been there for 20 minutes instead of seven yeah, hours? That. Right. Uh, I, I think that there's a certain level of, it felt like we were getting a real sense of what the whole thing was like. And maybe we got a sense of what 10 minutes were like, mm-hmm. you know, and they mm-hmm. got off and he left. And I'm sure there were other photographers there that day, you know, who were at least, you know, other people on ships. There are other photographs and, and footage and whatnot, you know? Right. So why do we take these frames by Kappa as the sort of end all be all of, of, of what our reality of the Normandy invasion was, you know, I mean, yes, they're enigmatic because of the one shot of the guy in the water, you know, on his chest and and, Mm -hmm. and the whole thing. But, but I wonder if, if the myth surrounding it, the myth surrounding Kappa, the myth surrounding what happened to this lost frames and all the rest of it is, 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 is just a, a, a fish story as he mentions in some of these things, you know, like the one that got away. Right. To, to, to sort of trump up reality in a way. Basically, it's all PR marketing. Does it change the way? It changes the way I see those images now after reading this stuff. Because maybe, yeah. All this but stuff does, it does feel very plausible. Does it change the way we see the war at large? Because these were no. sort of the images that captured the war. I mean, look. The, the, or that at least uh, that captured D-Day. There are, there are, there is plenty of, of, crazy recordings of world war two that, that it's not like these are the only ones, but I, mm-hmm. but I think that these felt ghostly and very much of that moment, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to say for that, but, the, but I, you know, I, I guess I, I wonder like this whole idea of how uh, it was the classic Kappa quote. If you, if, if, if your pictures aren't good enough, you're not close yeah, enough. You're not close enough. Yeah. Right. 
says the guy who went on the beach, shot a few pictures and hopped back on the damn boat because he didn't want to be there. You know, could I mean, on. Hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I think that we and this goes for, you know, I'm sure we could say the same things, uh, similar stuff about any photographer that we've used this photographer of the week who's dead and gone, that right. we are uh, comparing ourselves not to these people as they were, but to the myths of the people that they were. Sure. sure. And, and I think that that's an unfair comparison and makes it difficult for you to see yourself or your work or, or your place in the history of your time. It's always a crushing thing where, you know, Shakespeare wrote this play in six hours. You know what right, I mean? Right, <laughs> you're yeah. like, well, how the- Abaddon used an eight by 10 camera faster than you use your 35. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and it, and it's this idea that like, you know, this man risked his life and like he, he, he almost died. And, and, and because of some screw up in a dark room in London, like, you know, all of the, all of his work was almost lo- it was lost except for 11 frames. It's like, it just adds to the glory of Kappa. But but the fact is he was there and yes, he was he not was. a soldier. He was right, he true. was a journalist. He was a yep. photographer and he was there and could have, in all fairness, been killed or injured sure. or yep. Yep. you know. Yeah. Uh so so whether whether he was there for I mean, in the grand scheme of things, whether he was there for fifteen minutes or fifteen hours. Yep. He, he was, there. was there. He was there. You're right. You're right. So I, just, I what what would it I don't know what 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 is gained by by the 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 exaggeration of this. I don't. I don't that's the part that I don't understand. Or 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 wait. Or, or the flip side of that. What is gained by shining light on the lies? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, well, I mean, I guess those are two different things. Which which way do you fall? Mm-hmm. Do you do you see it as well? What's the harm in in a little bit of a a a, a fishing story or or is it no? There is harm because there was a truth of that day, and and you're you're making stuff up. And he was a photojournalist; he's not supposed to make stuff up. You know whether whether right. he didn't make up the photographs, but if he's making up the stories or surrounding the photographs, doesn't that have some level of of intent there? You know. Yes. Yes. And and, um, and it's also you're right. I mean, people said that Kappa was. Uh, uh, both both stood by and exaggerated and reveled in the fact that he was considered such a wartime photographer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that may have also been the reasons why he took such chances and ultimately was killed in Vietnam in 54 or whatever it was, right? He got right. Well, killed a roadside bomb or something. He walked off the side of the road and, you know, but, it, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. So maybe he was trying to live up to the myth and in trying to live up to the myth, he he took too many chances. And that's part of the reason why he was killed. But I don't know. I just I guess I love this idea that like we are not necessarily what actually happened to us, but we are in some ways the myth that we tell about ourselves and the lives that we've lived. Mm hmm. You know, and, and, and that is and I feel like in some ways were you and I talking about. Oh, we were because when we were talking about Jeanette the other day about how like a lot of these like rap guy, these hip hop guys, when they showed run DMC at their house in Hollis or whatever. Right, right, right. How, you know, we don't see those kinds of pictures. And you brought up uh, who is the guy, the musician that you brought up on Instagram that you said shows a lot of behind the scenes stuff oh, and all the uh, rest of it. Uh, 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 yeah. DC guy, black, good looking yeah, soul. D- yeah. Uh, d- 
anyway, hold on. Right. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, just to, uh, you know, I mentioned how I feel like s- today's stuff is so curated, and even when we do see behind the scenes, you know, we, we, Taylor Swift released pictures of her and her friends frolicking and eating hot dogs and, and going. Bridges. Sorry, there you go. Uh, going swimming on the Fourth of July, and you know what? We saw those things because that party was manufactured to be a PR thing, mm-hmm. not because she was actually having her friends over to just to have a good time. It was, hey, come over and we're going to take pictures and put them up on Instagram, and that'll create buzz for all of us. You know, and I feel like that's where things have kind of gone. And, yeah, and, we're, we're sort of curating our own legacy. Yeah, and and yeah, and and, yeah. and if 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 I take a picture of some guy, and instead of just saying, "Oh yeah, I went and took these pictures of this guy," I create some deep story about the meaning of his relationship with his son and whatever it is, and it's like, yeah, that might all be true, but at the same time, it like it feels like we're trying to manufacture that sort of meaning to slap on top of things because people like myth. People don't like reality. They want Paul Bunyan. Right. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? And I and 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 in order to compete, do you have to be Paul Bunyan? Right. I don't know. Uh what do, what do you think of all that? Well, I'd like to read more about it because like you said, there are so many of these articles i mean they are pretty are... interesting and, and fairly convincing in in my uh yeah it's... yeah here's the yeah it's 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 the guest post uh 12 here this is the one so they want a link two, to the three four here, five, I, I put a link in this in in your thing uh just this is the one where the guy shows the frames from the video and then yeah there, there are probably 40 or so articles if you'd like to read yeah, yeah. Uh, the entirety of it. They're not well collated and they're in the wrong order a lot of times, but they are uh, pretty fascinating. And 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 there's also, it kind of ties back into the whole thing about the uh, Avedon Prince from last week in the sense that it's almost as if his family was trying to maintain control of his story after he was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to, you're not going to disgrace our dead brother by saying that what so, he said happened didn't happen or whatever, but what have you. What is the advantage of of forging a ruined negative? I I don't know. Like why show anything at all there? Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's that I think that was a bad choice by a multimedia producer. You know? I mean, why would one yeah, I I why would one choose to It's just very strange to me. How we've got image, 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 blank, image, 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 blank, image, image, blank, image. Yeah. yeah. What's the advantage of of obscuring or or manufacturing that part yeah. of it? Yeah. Did they did they keep those roles that were supposedly destroyed or you know like destroyed as in ruined? Did they keep them or were they just like all right these didn't come out trash? Mm-hmm. It's it's D Day. We got better stuff to do. You know. Right. Uh, I don't. I, don't but, I mean, it is pretty compelling if you look at the side by sides on this link you just pasted in. Oh, the fake ones are totally fake. That's that's. I'm completely sold on that. Right. I mean, look at it. They're like it's exactly the same frame. Yeah. That that first one that they show underneath the 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 contact sheet. I mean, the sprocket holes are ripped in exactly the same way. Exactly. exactly. The same no, it's places. it's impossible. You couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so so that's totally real. And and you know, and the sort of it all just feels like. I mean, he's playing it. This Coleman is playing it a little bit as a conspiracy, right? Where, yeah, yeah. and and I guess by definition it is, right? You know, because Magnum and and John Morris and uh, ICP all have stuff to gain from this story because it's a great story. 
mm-hmm. you know? But it mm-hmm. makes you question, what other stories are just a bunch of bull that people came up with in order to, you know, either cover themselves or because it's fun? And and also, can, nowadays, can you get away with that kind of stuff with the fact that everything's on video and camera, you know? It's like, oh, well, we actually checked the GPS data on this picture and it wasn't where you said it was or what have you. You know, like that, yeah. there's all that kind of now, stuff too. There is another, if you follow a link in the article that you just sent me, maybe we can put this in the show notes, put both of, of these in yep. if we can. Which, uh, which link? There, there's uh, some explanation around oh, the film type drying of drying cabinets. cabinets. Yeah, this is, it gets, uh, the other interesting thing about this is that if you're a photo nerd, like tech nerd, right? this is gold oh yeah you know yeah this is manna from heaven for you yeah discussing the weather on the day and the temperature and the humidity and what they would have used sure you sure. know the kind of yeah, I mean, film yeah, they used down to the bulb that they used or the, the element that they used in the drying cabinet exactly yeah i mean yeah. that's that's pretty damn cool yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh yeah okay yeah i put this one in the show notes too uh i mean it's a fascinating and they story. did tests yeah um it is okay. What was the story. other thing that the suitcase, the the other capacity? Oh, where the, they found the Mexican suitcase. The Mexican stuff? suitcase. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So the story was that Kappa lost all of this, all these negatives in film, and somehow they showed Wasn't it, up it was like 1930s or something. Yeah, yeah. And they showed up in the 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 family of a of a dead Mexican general or something in his right. house. They found them or something, you know, and all of a sudden uh, they come back to ICP uh, and they become a big stink. If you find a link, give it to me. Yeah, uh, what's in the, the Wikipedia the collection? Is the, uh, for decades, many of Kappa's photographs of the Spanish Civil War were presumed lost, but they surfaced in Mexico City in the late 1990s. While fleeing Europe in 1939, Kappa had lost the collection, which over time came to be dubbed the Mexican Suitcase. On December 19, 2007, the owner of the negatives, Benjamin Tarver, decided to return the negatives to the families of the photographers. The collection contained uh, 4,500, wow, that's a lot, negatives of photographs by Kappa, uh, Gerda Taro, and Chim. Yep. Ownership of the collection was transferred to the Kappa estate, and in December 2007, the collection was moved to ICP uh, in Manhattan. Right. Uh, yeah. Which I remember when that became a thing, and then there was a show of the stuff and all the rest of it. So are Again, they on display permanently, or are they... they uh, well, they, ICP closed, and I think just recently reopened. I don't know if they have that stuff. It was a show. It was a temporary show last mm-hmm. time it was shown. I don't mm-hmm. know if they have more of it up now. But there is this... There is, like, again, another great story. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how right. can you ever live the life that Kappa led, you know, where he went around the world and intrigue and briefcases full of film that were stolen by spies and Mexican, you know... It's like, oh my God, it's, it's something out of a, a, a pulp novel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's seriously, it's a pulp novel. It's crazy. Uh, and, and there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's amazing in the stories, but like try to live up to that. You can't, you know, yeah, here in and, 2009, a, a Spanish professor published a book titled shadows of photography in which he showed that the photograph of the falling soldier could not have been taken where, when, or how Kappa and his backers have said. Yeah. There you go. Wow. I don't know. I, 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 I think that there's some further discussion over time just about myth and personal history. And, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just think that's an interesting idea. Uh, that, that yeah, take a, take a look at some of these things. And, and I, I, we would love to hear what, what you have to say about it. This is, yeah. this is really, it's interesting. I mean, again, I don't know what it changes because the photos that we do have, yeah. they had to be taken somewhere. And, and yeah. you know, <laughs> they... No, I, I believe that those photos were taken on the beach. I just, it's just more of this larger 
kind of idea of him saying, oh, I shot three rolls. Like, well, if right. he shot three rolls, you know. And then one of the things they said was, even if he did shoot three rolls and, you know, they cover it with this story, it's most likely that he just screwed up and overexposed them far too much. And that's why they were no good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it's either it's either covering up we don't want to show that he was incompetent, so let's 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 transfer the incompetence to the lab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And apparently, all the people who were in the lab that day don't remember any of this. That like huh. John Morris's retelling of the right. story, yeah, right, is the only time that it ever gets heard. And you know what? The first time I heard this, I think, was in the Genius of Photography. Oh, where they have sure. Morris yeah. telling that story. Sure, sure, sure. So sure. I mean, it's like it's you know, you know, get him up on his little soapbox and wind him up and let him go because he'll tell the story. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as he does in the in the little Magnum video, and nothing about John Morris. I mean, I, th- I he seems like a very very nice man, uh, and he's a hundred years old now. So, I, I give him. You know, I mean, the guy's been around. I'd, I'm not blaming him in his life, but like, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, <laughs> I thought you'd like this. What do you think of this, uh, Peter Doing? Is that how you pronounce that? Doing? 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 Is Dewey? there an N? There's no Ed. Oh, Doing. Yeah. Peter Doing. You know, you yeah, know this, this is, guy? I don't know this painter, but this is kind of a funny story. Yeah. Uh, and I love I love the, the beginning of this article. So this is in the New York Times. It, yeah, great find, Bill. Uh, okay. Peter Duig may have tried LSD a few times when he was growing up in Canada during the 1970s. <laughs> but he still knows, he said, when a painting is or isn't his. Yeah. John Dubois sent it in as well yesterday, I think, but I had it and I had it in the show notes. It's, yeah. Uh, so this, this guy has one of, uh, uh, Duig's paintings. Apparently hoping- this guy is well known and sells his paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. But he says, this is not one of my paintings. Yeah. He claims that this early painting was not him, that he, this guy says there was this guy who, you know, there, there was a facility, the Thunder Bay Correctional Center, he says he, you know, met this guy who was working there and uh, he, he created this painting, this guy named doing with a, with an E, I think it is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, created this painting, sold it to him. And then like now he's looking back and he's like, yeah, this is totally in the style of that guy. It's the same name minus the E like this is that guy when he was younger and this is his painting and I want to sell it. And the guy says, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's just it's you know it, you, we said this off the air it's it, it's sort of the inverse of of last week in in Avedon. This, he wants to get it authenticated and this guy's doing Saying, this this isn't me at a certain point that it's it's really is funny right like okay we want to do whatever we can to prove that it was this guy's painting because this guy is long dead and we can't prove that it's Avedon or or whoever else right 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 uh or or, or pollock remember the pollock painting whole thing where there was yeah. a fake one yep. or yep. the or the uh that caravaggio book that i read recently the i think it's called the lost painting which was really good by the way i should put a link to that yeah um it, and and yeah, and this guy is still alive and claiming, no, I did not paint that painting. And they're trying to find reasons why it is real. It's just, it's just yeah. twisted and weird. Well, here, the, the stakes are high, according to the article. The stakes are high as well. A Duig painting has sold for more than $25 million. Other works have routinely sold at auction for as much as $10 million. The plaintiffs, who include the correction officer and the art dealer who agreed to help him sell the work, are suing the painter for at least $5 million in damages and they're seek a court suing declaration. The man. Yeah, that, that so so we're 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 suing and they're they're seeking a court declaration that it's authentic. So so this complete third party is going to declare that it's authentic when the artist himself says claims that, it is. that it's not. Yeah, that just seems like a strange, strange twist, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. God, I don't even know. <laughs> like, where do you start on that? Uh, could you? Okay, can you imagine a situation where you? Cl- Let's assume for the moment that the man isn't lying. Mm-hmm. Which man? Uh, the the painter. Or, the painter. Or- yeah. Okay. Let's let's say that the guy you know actually thinks it's his painting, and let's say the painter really doesn't believe that it's his, mm-hmm. right? For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you? How do, what? What happens if a court goes and says, "No, you painted this painting," and he's like, "No, I, I really didn't." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like well, and, it wouldn't and, be the first time the court got it wrong, right? Yeah, no, I mean, true, true. But suddenly you owe some guy five million dollar thing because he claims that you made a painting you didn't make. Like, yeah. how do you prove you, how do you prove the negative? How do you well, prove it, you didn't make it? The article goes on. They have focused on what they say is a hole in Mr. Duig's teenage years in Canada. When they assert he cannot fully account for where he was or what he was doing. Cause he was high. Right. <laughs> it's like, the, it's like the GOP saying that, that weed is the great evil. <clears throat> Did you scroll down to the Lakehead university student identification card? Yeah. And so there so it is, this, this his is name the other with the guy. With this the, is Duage, Duage, With the E. Dwaj? wonder if it's Duage. Which, which we think is not the guy who is the painter. Do you, I, I can't Looks quite like see. It. Yeah. Uh, the retired corrections officer, Robert Fletcher, 62, says he bought the painting for $100 from a man named Peter. I wonder if it is Duage. I wonder if there's a, a French thing in there. So what is the guy without the E? Is that, uh, that? Whom he met in 1975 in Thunder Bay, Ontario. The young man was taking art classes at a local college uh, and said he was like Mr. Doig from Scotland. After the man with the LSD. This is all very, this is all very, like, okay. If this isn't true, it's a huge, strange coincidence. So the painting is signed Pete D-O-I-G-E 76. So it's signed. Why would the guy sign? Unless why he would, changed why would, his name at some Why would point. Pete No E sign it Pete E? Well, because uh, he was high at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is just an odd case, isn't it? It's just Yeah, but I kind of like it, right? It's kind of fun. Um, I just, it's, it's. It, it's so odd that somebody has to prove that they didn't make something when most of the time you have to prove Yeah, you're not who you say something. you are. Well, yeah, I am. Or, yeah. or you're this person. No, right, I'm not. A twist on the question from last week. If, yep. if he did make it and he knows he made it and yet he's saying he didn't make it, why would you do that? Well, that's another why question. Why not let the guy have the million-dollar painting and sell it? It's not going like, to change the price of new work from the guy. No, and it's, it's not going to come out of his pocket. So he has no reason to lie. I, I don't know. Other than spite, maybe. Or I, I don't Yuri know. really doesn't like that painting. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I but didn't you, take that picture. If you look at, I mean, based solely on this article, if you look at the painting in the article. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the, the, the sample down below. Yeah. I mean... Look, painters go through different periods, but it doesn't look like the same. I, I don't know. You mean looking I, at swamped versus looking at the thing up top? Right. The thing up top is actually pretty pretty interesting. It's a little Dolly-esque. You know what I mean? It's got that weird sort of. Yeah, it's very strange. I think, I yeah, it's a fun story, though. I guess I bet you we'll find the answer after a while, just because like this is the kind of thing somebody's going to come up with a. Right. 
this case is a scam and I'm being forced to jump through hoops to prove my whereabouts over 40 years ago, he says. Yeah, yeah. What about the idea that um, uh, try to find the guy with the E? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean like, he, look, maybe he, look, maybe he was incredibly prolific at this period in time and maybe he was... Forgot about a painting? Maybe, but you would if, think If that, you saw something from 40 years, 30 years ago that you made when you were in high school... Or whatever, mm-hmm. would you would you be able to tell that it was yours? Would you remember everything you painted in high school? It depends on the painting. I I know what my skill level was then. I know what my my drawing skill was, for example, then. Um. So I would I I might be I might be able to at least tell if I if I were capable of painting it at that time. Well, I'll tell you. Uh. The, so. In 2007, I shot pictures of a guy during 365 who is now, uh, years later, a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, a mutual friend of ours is doing some sort of online fantasy baseball kind of thing and needed a needed a picture you can apparently import pictures of people and it maps them to faces so you can basically bring your friends into the game kind of thing oh okay and so he needed a picture and and my friend chris gave our friend brad uh this picture of himself that he mapped on and brad needed a a similar picture of another friend of ours and he's like hey uh you know keating sent me this picture could do you have any pictures like this of the other guy and i was like looking through and i couldn't find any and i was like you know that picture of keating's pretty good i wonder where he got that one and it turns out it was an outtake from 365 portraits. No kidding. So I had shot that picture. I just had no you memory didn't of shooting recognize it. it. Did not recognize it. So so there's something there. But then again, I've shot a thousand people. You know what I mean? Right, like I've shot right. a lot of people. So yeah, it, this is interesting. I and how do you prove it one way or another? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, short of like the Pollock thing where it's got his fingerprint on the back, or yeah, or, yeah, yeah. literally you know, a fingerprint. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. So how how do you, barring any sort of uh, authentication like that, how how do you decide whether or not he's telling the truth or whether it's a fan or an imposter or yeah. yeah. Although if it's authenticated to be from the seventies, it's not like this guy was anybody in the seventies. He only became somebody later. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was this lost painting from nineteen eighty eight. It was like when the kid was a was a a college kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like sort of if so it is from the seventies, less valuable. I'm saying it's probably not a forgery per se. It mm-hmm. must be just like a misunderstanding, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, by the way, hey, uh, on Sunday uh, I saw a triple play at a baseball really game. at the Mets game. Uh, actually, I, we went to see a Cyclones game, which is the single okay, A the, minor the league team yeah. down at uh, down in Coney Island, Neat. and uh, yeah. So uh, what, what, what describe guy, the play? What happened? Guy on first and second. Okay. Uh, runners on first and second. The guy at bat bunts, doesn't go to the ground, goes up in the air. Catcher catches it. That guy's out. But the runners on first and second started running up. towards. Yeah. And oh. then they had to turn around. The catcher throws to second, gets the guy out there, throws to first, gets the force out there. Nice. I've I've never I've never seen one in real life. You know what I mean, like I think I've seen a video of something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I have to admit, and it was sort of one of those things that just kind of whoa, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll find a link because uh oh yeah here we go I I, I found the There's triple. Got to be video of it somewhere. Uh, there actually is video, and yeah. and I will I will put it in the show notes because it's uh it's uh it's kind of random. Seeing. 
Yeah, if you're if you're a sports fan at all, and I'm not a huge sports fan, I just I happen to be at this game, and you just never quite see triple plays, you know. Uh, anyway, let's put it out there. Uh, we'll have to find out what happens to Mister Doing 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 Doage 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 Doage. Yeah, Mister Doigi. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> I like that Mister Doigi. He's a real. I wonder good. is there some place? Maybe there's a YouTube video of of somebody introducing him and and. Uh, uh, he's Scottish. Oh, 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 wait, there's, there, wait, there's a, there's a pronunciation thing on, uh, on, uh, what's it called on, uh, uh, Wikipedia. I think it's Doig. D O Y G is how they say to pronounce it. Does that mean Doig? Doig? Okay. Doig. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a dog with an oi in the middle. So I wonder Doig. if the E. Doigy? With the E. Yeah. Would you? I don't know. Somebody from Scotland answer this question for us. Send it in. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty interesting article, though. Uh, I'm stretching. Uh, you got anything else? Um, it's a light news week, I think, because it's the summertime. Hey, we're going to do that uh, meetup. It's not this next Sunday. It's the following Sunday in New York where we're going to go see um, the uh, – uh, uh, what's her name? At the Met the – new, the new Met building, which is the old Whitney building. Uh, we're going to go see Dean Arbus's early work. So wait, work. Where, that's a, is that the one – no, the, the one at the end of the High Line is that's the, the new, new Whitney. Whitney. I okay, do so believe that the, the other thing Whitney. is the old Whitney building. I'm, I'm okay. 90% sure. So that's um, July 24th. July 24th. So uh, if anybody's interested in that, uh, you know, uh, I think the, uh, Connors and or Freddie are talking about it on the Google Plus group. Yep. <coughs> so you can get your information there. But we'll meet up and maybe we'll go get a bite or something uh, afterwards. Hey, uh, not for nothing. I'm looking at the group and Rena posted this the last known role of Kodak film from 1888. Did you see oh, this? Oh, that's cool. Let me. I, I did not see that. Uh, here, Is it it's, unprocessed? It's, hold on one sec. It's from the Atlantic. Here, I'll paste it in. Okay. Make it in, include that. Yep. But look, look at the packaging on this. How beautiful that is. Yeah. Back in the day when people cared about stuff. Kodak film uh, for use on the Kodak camera containing material for 100 negatives. Right. Now, this was, uh, what, brownie that you would send in? Yeah. It's a, uh, famous slogan made picture-taking seem accessible to the masses in a way it had never been before. In an 1888 ad campaign represented, quote, a new impetus to the art among a class that has no time to dally with chemicals and develop right. the plates. Right. The New York Times wrote in 1890. So now every tourist feels... Oh, go ahead. Now every tourist feels he must take a camera with him on a summer trip. That was from 1890. Now we just have our phones. Yeah, we just have our phones. Uh, after taking 100 photos, people sent their cameras back to Kodak with $10, and people would return the prints and the camera newly loaded with a fresh roll of film. Ten, $10 is a lot of money back then. Yeah. Because of this business model, the film was rarely sold separately. Okay, so why was this sold separately? Well, rarely. They didn't say it never. They didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, so, how, how would you sell it separately? So people would process their own film occasionally. So therefore, they sold it separately. Maybe the this was museum's the pro newly version. acquired box is unopened. Spokesman said, "So we don't have images of the film yet, but we've heard it rattling around in there." 
<laughs> wow. This is the so, Eastman uh, Museum? Is that where this is? I wonder, are they going to expose it? Is it more valuable unexposed or? Uh, I would say leave it unexposed, personally. Yeah. If there yeah. were two of them, maybe expose one. But what mm -hmm. are you going to take pictures of? Right. Test charts just to see how it stacks right. up, you know? I don't know. Yeah, uh, and and no offense because he is a brilliant photographer, but that last roll of Kodachrome that McCurry shot was not that great. Well, this is very ordinary. I mean, it was all McCurry, but like, you know, oh, I couldn't really take any good pictures in New York, so I'm going back to India. <laughs> find the find, find the episode where we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, any pictures? Weren't there, there were a couple, like, Photos of Robert De Niro eating dinner or something like at a bar. Wasn't no, they br they that? brought him to a, they brought him to a uh, a movie. What was that? Oh, they okay. to a movie theater like right, right, right. hall or something like that. And he's like, I hear this is the last roll of film. It just I don't know. It was okay. By the way, okay. apparently that was uh, in episode eighty eight. Didn't you hear my inner monologue? <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, uh, I will okay. find a link. So. Trajectory. Trajectory. You want to say it because you like saying that word. Trajectory? Yeah. Trajectory. Uh, trajectory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you uh, that uh, when Dan and I record Ask Bill and Dan, he, his, uh, his little uh, sound devices thing actually has a slate mic built into it. And so Neat. he can flip a switch and be like, yeah, uh, can we have you come back in the studio? Let's try that one more time. That's funny. <laughs> this sounds just like it. He does That's it all the awesome. time. It's like a joke. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. Uh, trajectory. How trajectory. Uh, lots of interesting stuff. Not a lot for trajectory, but a lot of really interesting people going back to different assignments and uh, and and posting those. Yeah. Um, I love this staircase shot. Uh, Jason Smith. Ponce oh, Inlet nice Lighthouse trajectory. That's kind of nice. I do believe that's maybe Ponce. Is it Ponce? That would well, there be. Wasn't, uh, there wasn't a little accent on it, so I didn't know. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Home of Lin Manuel Miranda, isn't it? Isn't that uh, right? Origin of Lin Manuel. Well, was he born there? or Was his family from there? He grew up in Queens, didn't he? Anyway, uh, Lauren uh, zooming around with the sparkler, classic uh, trajectory. Yeah. Uh, uh, shot Andrew Shields uh, a no mess thrown painkiller is all about tracking the trajectory of the booze we've got a bartender going looks like about four feet from from shaker to glass four feet above the covers uh, would, would you <laughs> nice <laughs> would, would you would you say that that guy so, she's a dog is, is greater or less than Tom Cruise and cocktail go uh, uh, less than my neighbor's dad directed cocktail. Tom, Tom Cruise in cocktail. You know, it's 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 eighties classic eighties cheese, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's doing the shaky shake and flipping around his back. Oh, who, yeah. Who's the guy who plays the uh, the other guy? The the uh, he was in FX. His yeah, name not is, Dennehy. It's the other guy, no, Australian guy, Brian. Oh, what is his name? Come uh, on, uh, I'll look it up. Movie. What is his name? What is his name? What is his name? Come on. I got it. Brian Brown? Brian Brown. Brian Brown. I liked FX. Was that a good I movie or do FX I just think lot. it's a good no, movie? I liked it a lot. I didn't like the sequel. They did that sequel and it was horrible. But kind of using, uh, if you don't know the story, it's uh, 
a, a movie uh, practical special effects guy is hired to fake a mob killing and he uses prosthetics and 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 you know uh and it's the guy wait, it's the guy from uh law and order right who plays the mob guy uh he plays the uh it's uh what's his name lenny or whatever his name is from uh from oh uh uh yeah uh i know who I'll you're find, talking about i'll find his name but yeah or, great great movie jerry uh, orbach Denny. yeah uh yeah just a little 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 uh little Isn't he also uh, one of the candlesticks in beauty and the beast it could be uh also by the way Lumiere. in fx let's just, let's just say that there's a twist yeah and I, and I think you could imagine what it is it's actually a pretty good twist i like that i like that movie it's a fun movie yep. uh so uh what else uh lauren shin uh yeah. having a little fun with sparklers yeah that's a cool shot i like that one yeah yeah craig um, b's like taking pictures of uh what are those it looks like the blue angels yep are there Philip nine Hill. nine planes in blue angel mitch sevier pulled out a trebuchet Way to go, Mitch. And uh, Mike Anastasio uh, has a guy doing a backflip on, onto the beach, which seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> which seems, this isn't, Mike, this is an awful idea. Yeah. Don't, don't do this. Yeah, the picture's great. I'm saying jumping, off of, <laughs> jumping yeah. off of this thing is a bad idea. I, I would end up breaking my neck. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Gardner uh, pulled out a... Those were fun. Dartboard, the, the I like bullseye, it. The bullseye pictures, yep. yeah, those yep. are fun. And uh, um, some see. jerk put this thing of some stupid food cart. <laughs> yeah, he was close to losing control of that thing. <laughs> Isn't it crazy when they push those things around on the street and you're like, where yeah. are you going with well, that? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and off he went. I mean, it God, was kind of cool. It's got to be amazing how much, how, much, how much money could they possibly make that'll pay for you driving into the city with a truck to get that thing off of there. To, you know what I mean? Like, what a pain in the neck. I don't know. I mean... And there, are, and it's not like you're the only one. Yeah, Th- these yeah. things are are on you know every third street corner. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken Robertson also with a picture of the Blue Angels. So we'll have yep. to. Uh, what do they fly? They fly F eighteen E Super Hornets. True or false? Uh, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a long time since I saw them. Let me long see this plane. That looks like an F eighteen. F eighteen has sw- sweep. Oh no 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 yeah no no no. I think that is an eighteen. And then the, the, what are the Thunderbirds? Are they still flying F-6? They're not flying F-6. Oh, these might be, actually, you know what? These might be 16s. My bad. Thunderbirds, planes. I'll look up the Blue Angels. You look up the, uh, the other ones. Uh, current aircraft. Oh, yeah, they're, uh, they, they fly 10 F-18, F-18C Hornets and two F-18D Hornets. Okay. Uh, the and the Caesar Thunderbirds are still seat. flying F-16s. Good plane. F sixteen's always what okay. If I say F sixteen, what is it what what pops in your head? Thunderbirds. Seriously. Really? That's what pops in your head? Okay. Yeah. For me it's Iron Eagle. Oh, okay. Yeah, One sure. Vision. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the kid with the tape <laughs> deck it, on uh, his Chappie. Chappie. Isn't that what Luke, yeah, Luke Gossett's yeah, yeah. character? Where he's Chappie? like dancing, he like hits yeah. the, he turns on the, the jukebox, he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I got a plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Great plane. Yeah, yeah, little, yeah, tiny. Little. Uh, like F-15s still? Like f fourteen still? F-15s look pretty badass. The new one, the F... Okay, moving off. F-22 looks pretty, really Is, badass in flight. Can can any... Has anything... Because the F-15 for a long time, the F-15 was the only... Uh, Heavy. Mach 2. 
only aircraft that could accelerate on a vertical ascension. Oh, go straight actually, up? Yeah, straight up and like keep a accelerating it until it reached maximum altitude. Like a rocket? Yeah. Well, it's super overpowered. Maybe yeah. well, maybe one of these crazy Chinese or Russian planes. Because those always are like way overpowered, right? All these like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, hey, what do you think of this assignment for this week? Next week. <laughs> um, this week in random military guy. hardware. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> On military airplanes. Right, right. Forgotten. I like this. You like that? Yeah, forgotten. Yeah. Uh, I almost I almost used another one, but we're going to go with forgotten. Did, did you have something in mind specifically for this? Uh, yeah. Do you want me to actually get into it, though? Nope. Okay. Get into it next week because don't, don't give the kids any ideas. Okay. It has nothing to do with... Well, okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Zip it. Zip it. Zip it. <laughs> wait is that from uh, oh, no, oh it is uh, oh yeah, yeah. let me yeah, tell you yeah. a little story about a man yeah. named shush yeah yeah i think preparation <laughs> preparation h sounds great on the whole what? wait what wait oh right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so wrong yeah uh, did you see at e3 they announced the new south park game it's called the fractured butthole of course it is Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it's so wrong all right uh, what you, daniel milner Yes, yeah, sent in by listener who I can't pull it up because my Gmail is apparently stuck. Uh, let's Milner. see. Photographing on his own terms on the Leica blog. Okay, so Milner is a photojournalist, does other stuff, but is largely known as a photojournalist. Uh, shoots a, you know, just sticks a couple Leicas with film around his neck and goes to places and shoots them. And a lot of them are, are, are really, really beautiful. I think, uh, John Gilmore sent it in. Um, Photographer at large for blurb. Yeah. Which is yeah, really odd. Yeah. Really, really so is odd. He just right? like a lifestyle photographer for them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And maybe like, you know, uh, but, but his, his work is actually quite good. Although in that interview, uh, I hate to say this. He he comes off as like he looks a little bit of a like a poncy jerk, but I don't think he, when he talks he doesn't sound like it, but like when he's just sitting there he does. That's just like I must have known somebody earlier in my life that like made me feel that way or something, you know what I mean? Mm. Who looked like him. But uh his his work is excellent and he talks a lot about uh when shooting on the street this idea of uh, or or doing documentary work, having stuff in the foreground, having stuff in the mid, and having stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Like it's not enough just to have a background or just something right, in right, the right. middle. So you want like, to tell a compositional story as well. Yeah, which yeah. which interesting, w- which is something that 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 I know that I don't think of enough when I'm shooting street, which is probably part of why I'm terrible at street photography. Uh, but just something that 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 people should think of more generally. I think it's it's worth uh, it's worth taking the time. It's interesting that he says that because I don't. If you look at that second link, right? The 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 yeah, yeah, link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see a lot of examples of that actually happening in these photographs. Oh, really? Let me let me let me let me. There's foreground up. back. I don't see a lot. Uh, I don't see all three zones really being represented. Oh, okay. Well, let me. Well, maybe he's he's a do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> but they are they are pretty nice pictures. Like yeah, they're really nice. He he can he can he can. This kid can shoot. Uh, he also talks in there about wow, using the one inside the car is kind of haunting. Uh, yeah, looking out at the KKK guys. Yeah, that's yep. kind of spooky. It's pretty great, and I, I like the way he twisted. You see the picture of the surfer, 
and he does it on a 45 degree angle. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Which is like, you know what? That's an interesting way to make what is otherwise a very boring shot of a of a yeah. horizon interesting. It becomes much more graphic. Yeah. Or or yeah. the picture uh the the next one over of the um uh, the like people with the hats on maybe in Mexico or something, mm-hmm. but everything maybe else is kind Peru of blurred or something out. Something looks like yeah. in the Andes somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's shooting black and white film uh, in a couple of like. And the interview is actually kind of interesting, where he talks about like you know why he does, and he says that he he likes he likes the fact that he can't see his pictures. He likes the fact that he has to he has to pay for them to get them back. Um, he likes the fact that he can't overshoot, uh, which which I think is 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 kind of interesting he's like you know these are things i love about film i don't want to see my images as i make them i don't want the ability to overshoot i certainly don't want to be tied to a computer afterwards i also love the dark room so negatives are good for me it's nice to get asked for an image from 1990 and have it in my hand in 15 seconds i've shot digital for 15 years and have yet to find anyone with a real archive i have to admit that like i have my stuff pretty well organized you ask for somebody and i'll find it um he says you know shoot what you want you know he he likes he likes film cameras but you know digital's fine too uh, he says he's shooting four pro- projects right now. One of them's digital; the rest are film. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Very. Yeah. But uh, I think I think his work is is pretty lovely. If you if you flip through and, and take a look at some of this stuff, and he's definitely sort of going uh, places. It's fun too. In the video, there's a video link as well that I will add, where uh, it's an interview with him, but they also show him walking around shooting. And uh, it's it's fun. It's always fun watching how people shoot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like the mechanics of how they shoot. Yes, I agree. Yeah, with you. you know, and and I don't I don't know why that is, but somehow it is fascinating to me. Um, but uh, so yeah, you should totally check that up. Yes, and and I'll put a link to his blog, smogranch.com. Although it's a little a uh, little long in the tooth. You know what? I have I have seen this. I've seen his blog before because I recognize if you go to go to that small ranch link yeah, uh, and click on about, it. please. Okay. That that lower picture of of him talking to someone uh, in front of that painting. Yeah, you've seen. I've that seen that image because yeah. I remembered the painting. Interesting. I wonder where I've seen it. Yeah, you're like I don't care about the guy or his right. thing, but right. that right. I remember that painting. Hey, uh, there's an, uh, the, the second picture or the the first picture on there where he's carrying the H five. That reminds me where, and maybe this is an offline question too, but if anybody's interested, I've got a Rode uh, NTG4 Plus that I'm, I'm not using and would be willing to sell. Where would you do that? Should I put something in, something in the group? Wait, a maybe? Rode NTG Plus. When did it's you get shotgun, that? NTG4 Plus oh. shotgun mic. Uh, why you don't use it? Well, I, I would rather, because I've got this Zoom, I'd rather get what he's using there, which is the shotgun capsule that fits on the end of the Zoom. This is the NTG4? NTG4 Plus. Yeah, it's the one that's got the, the lithium battery in it as well. It's a terrific mic. I w- I'd like to just make the kit smaller and, and be able to utilize. That's a know. $350 mic. Yeah, it is. You should sell it and buy yourself a Nikon D7200. <laughs> right. Uh, I think we could ask around. I think if anybody's interested, let them know. Uh, yeah. I I uh, I would be interested. I just don't have the money right now. Uh, don't really need a don't need a shotgun, but that's a nice shotgun. What? Are the, yeah. yeah, I will ask. Um, anything else? Uh, any no. other any f- last thoughts on uh, on uh, 
Mr. Milner? No, he's he's interesting. I'm I'm gonna go listen to this interview or watch this interview rather. I, I think he does. He do a podcast. He may. He seems like the kind of guy who would. Maybe that's what he's doing for Blurb. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, uh, I, I I like his work quite a bit. Yeah, it's 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 pretty nice. By the way, I noticed, and I I know, I mean, we pay him a lot, Matheson, to keep up on the archive. Apparently not enough. He's, he's a little. He's falling a little behind. Oh, a little he's dereliction of duty. He's drinking a lot. He's I don't drinking know the sake again. Yeah, that's what he is. He's doing. <laughs> he's doing the sake. Sake. This brings up an interesting point. I've I've got I've got my Nikon FM2. Yeah. I've got uh, you know. Are you just going to say you're going to start shooting film again? Well, I'd like to start shooting film some. Wait, how many rolls have you actually gotten processed? One in how long? <laughs> in the last five years. Hey, look at the time. We are over, <laughs> and we will see you. No, next no, but week. no. Okay, final yeah. thing. This is the problem with film. It is. Uh, you it know, is. a lot of times, you, I mean, I generally shoot, and I generally just go down and get it processed, and then do stuff with it. But there's what a lot do they of charge times, you to, to process. Um, a roll if, of black and white. Well, black and white, I think, is like six bucks just yeah. to run it through the machine. Um, is it C41? Is that okay, what well, they're doing? That's the thing. I can do C41. The place down the hill used to do for $4, they used to do C41 through the machine. Uh, I think it was $6 for black and to... white, and they do it only once every couple days. You're yeah. limited to, if you're going to shoot black and white, you got to shoot the CN, the, the, yeah. the, which, you I know, mean, honestly is fine. To, to process it at home, it's the scanning of it. Well, you know, the I think, scanning of it. What do you it, use? Because uh, Wilkening uses a Nikon 700, 7000, something. I, I yeah, I have a, an Epson 4990 photo Epson, that's from years is. ago. He probably uses a V700 maybe. So maybe that's, that's familiar. It. Yeah, Epson. Um, that's sort of like the Epson scanner that's been out for 10 years that everyone still uses. It's one of the few scanners you can still buy. A lot, like it's hard to find scanners nowadays. Like people don't really, you know, especially film scanner ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done the scanning on there. However, lately I sandwich it between two plates of frosted plexi and I put a soft box behind it and I shoot it with a frosted plex. Well, the reason why I do that is if you, well, not frosted, but just like with a little bit of texture. Uh huh. Uh, because if you don't, you get Newton's rings, you know, oh, where, okay. uh-huh. so uh-huh. you need something in there. Some people use uh, a little bit of like starch powder yep. on the glass just to keep it from sticking and then you don't get the rings. Uh, but for me, for my purposes, it's fine. Like I don't mind getting a little more grain in there anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then so, what do you put? You put a soft box behind it and then just shoot it? Yep. And what do you shoot it with? Like hundred millimeter macro, something like yep, that? Exactly. Yeah. Huh. And it's funny because the 100 millimeter macro is a one-to-one macro lens. So if I just zoom it, I, I focus all the way in, like infinity right. inward, and I just move the frame until it fills the whole frame of the of my camera, I get a 22 megapixels scan of it, essentially, you know? Wow, that's great. I mean, you could, I guess you could probably pull out more of the grain structure and stuff if you scanned it on a flatbed. Right. But it's such a pain in the ass, you know, honestly. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people like uh, my buddy Coupon was sending stuff into a stock agency the other day, and he shot uh, two and a quarter by two and a quarter most of his career. You know, all the stuff that that is the old stuff that that people are always asking about. And 
it's I think most of his scans are like four thousand by four thousand pixels. They're mm. essentially sixteen megapixels. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's would, like it's would not you that mind much. posting a shot of uh, like a, a, a BTS of your, yeah, of your I, setup in, fact, in the think, group or something? I think I did, but let me uh, let me yeah let me I I will uh, in fact I I think I put it on uh, Instagram, but I will find it and uh, and uh, and and put a thing up. Yeah, it's I mean I just clip it in. It's very hackney but it's yeah no it just, it I just i would like to see the, oh yeah here we go yeah you have uh, it okay yeah, yeah throw yeah. it up if you don't mind or just uh, send it to me if, if no yep. but i thought somebody else might be interested in yeah. it uh how do i share this stuff i can copy link okay yeah i can i'll, I'll email it to myself and put it in the show notes um yeah good stuff uh cool. anything else nope have a good week everyone we do, are we doing okay on time we're okay on time well we're yeah, done we're, so it doesn't it's, matter it's it's almost exactly an hour and a half per usual uh <laughs> We're, we're good like that. It's weird. Uh, like, it's seriously, if we don't look, we almost end almost always at an hour and a half. Hmm. Yeah, go take a look at this, uh, this Kappa stuff. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Um, yeah. And I, I'll watch They're this fun to watch. They're super fun to watch. Was, and wasn't there a documentary a while back about the suitcase? Did we talk about uh, it? Yes, there was a Mexican documentary. I, think, I do believe it was. Uh, I don't think we watched it, though, did we? Not sure. Uh, it's called the Mexican Suitcase, uh, 2011. Yeah, 2011. I'm seeing the uh, the trailer. I think it might be. Is it in is it in Spanish or is it in English? Uh, looks like it's in English. Oh, here's a there's a there's Trisha's a <clears throat> copy on. Uh, oh, okay. See, so for 2.99, you can you can buy it and and watch it on uh, on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. Oh yeah. Okay, I see. I see the link that you're talking about. SNS Benio. There's like a. There's a. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? It's good. All right. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, like Tom in Michigan, it's three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven. At Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitters. And anything else? Uh, no, I'm looking at this. I'm looking for this, this thing now. I wonder if it's on, uh, like either Netflix or, or, uh, Amazon prime. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I'd like to watch this. Maybe we can watch and then, and then talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk. about this. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye. Going on and on the way we are for so Tried to make it right, made it wrong.